All right. Want to talk to you a little bit about American financing. Um, I have no idea when this is going to happen, but I'm telling you it's going to happen. You're going to have a hard time getting loans. Uh, your rate is going to be extraordinarily high, and uh, you're not going to be wanting to have an adjustable loan. If you want to buy a house, now is the time. It's a buyer's market right now, and you want the right mortgage. That's really important. The people that work for you are American Financing. Go to AmericanFinancing.net right now and learn more how they can help you. They are not on commission from the banks. They don't get any bonuses for selling uh, you know, you a certain loan. They really, truly work for you. Go to AmericanFinancing.net. AmericanFinancing.net or call 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Congresswoman Omar has come out and she has completely and unequivocally retracted what she said about Jews. Unequivocally. Well, I mean, except there are some problems with some Jews. Jews are bad. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, but I completely withdraw that entirely. In fact... I am so Jew-friendly, here's Linda Sarsour to come to my defense. <laughs> and if that's not enough, on my other hand, on my other hand, here's David Duke running to my defense. Oh, this is some fine eating today. We are going to savor the few things that have come out in the last 24 hours, and we begin the program in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Okay, so uh, now that everybody in uh, the rest of the country is thawing out a little bit, uh, cars are not starting. Everybody's getting into their car, and it's been frozen solid, <laughs> and every, nobody can start their cars all around the country now because of last week's deep, 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 deep freeze, and p- people don't know what to do because they can't get their car into the mechanic. Right, because they're so backed up, you, even if you have a problem unrelated to the cold you can't get it in to get it fixed can't get it in to get fixed yeah. okay so here's the thing not only are you going to have to wait what do you what is that going to cost you thousands and thousands and thousands, thousands of dollars, dollars probably um it might be covered if you have car shield you should find out if you have car shield they make the process of fixing your car for a covered repair really super easy and you can have any mechanic do it you can have the dealership do it you can have the mechanic down the street doesn't matter and you're not waiting for the insurance company to pay you they they pay uh, car shield pays the person directly that is fixing the car so you're not waiting uh, and taking that money out of your bank account all of this, you can have a free rental car as well, because that's part of the deal with Car Shield. They get it fixed, they pay for it, they get you into a rental car while you're waiting for yours to be fixed. It's Car Shield. If your car has 5,000, 150,000 miles on it, you need coverage. Don't wait until you have a really expensive uh, sensor go and you're out three grand. Get CarShield now. CarShield.com. Use the promo code Beck. You're going to save 10% or call 1-800-CAR-6100. 800-CAR-6100. Visit CarShield.com. Promo code Beck. 
Save 10% now. So, Congresswoman Omar from Minnesota is... Uh, it's a little misunderstanding. Hmm? There was a little misunderstanding there. Oh, she had no idea. No, she didn't know. She did not. She did not know. This happens from time to time. People aren't perfect. And, well, and, and, and people learning. have to give time to be, be able to learn about different things in the world. There's a lot of new concepts for people. Right. Did you know, Glenn, that uh, no. in the past, no. um, uh, Jews have had some issues and some people have not liked them? I, I This is all news to me. And Well, I, let me just read. Anti-Semitism is real. Mm. And I am grateful for Jewish allies and colleagues who are educating me on the painful oh. history of anti-Semitic tropes. Did you know? I had no, I had no idea. idea. There were tropes out there like, like, like Jews use money. To influence people and control I had never the world, heard it. I had never, never heard, heard it that before. One. That's probably she. that's probably one of the smaller tropes, don't you think? Oh, I think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. my intention was never to offend uh, offend my constituents or Jewish Americans as a whole. Oh no, we always have to be willing to step back and think through criticism, just as I expect people to hear me when others attack me for my identity. This is why uh-huh. I unequivocally apologize. Now it's interesting because she. Is is using this opportunity of her own uh, anti-Semitic uh, anti-Semitism to point out that she's also a victim. She's also a victim. Glad she gets no, attacked all she, the time. All the time she gets attacked, and, and she hopes people listen to now her. Now, look as a Palestinian or as a uh, a woman who uh, is what's her background? Because I'm, I'm getting her views to, t- she's to a lie. Muslim. She's, she's a, Muslim. She's Muslim. She, how could she possibly in her life have come up with someone saying something anti-Semitic? No. It's all it's incredibly unlikely no. that at any time no, 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 in her background would no. she ever come across someone else who is with an opinion things? like that. Yeah. No. It's just not it's not She's learning. It's not, yeah. She has no no she has nobody around her ever in her life. She has never heard as a Muslim anything that might be anti-Semitic. In fact, she skips the parts of the Quran where it's like, "Oh rocks cry out, there's a Jew hiding behind me." Oh, trees cry out. She avoids those things Good for her. She doesn't know. And but she does say she unequivocally apologizes. At the same time, I reaffirm the pro- problematic role of lobbyists in our politics. Wait, in, hmm? didn't she say it was unequivocal? Yeah, it was unequivocal. But she's equivocating here just a bit. She just wants to point out that, oh, okay. that Jews are influencing our politics with their money. So so basically she's saying she apologizes for any possible offense she wants you to know let me summarize mm-hmm. she wants you to know Stu, mm-hmm. that anti-semitism is real there are real problems she wants to point out that there are real problems unequivocally unequivocally yeah. real problems with anti-semitism but perhaps they wouldn't be so bad if there weren't so many jews uh, that, that makes sense because it's okay. true i mean if there were less jews maybe the problem would be correct would be slightly smaller. less it would be yeah. less mm-hmm. you know what i mean and here's linda sarsour to tell us okay. more now linda sarsour <laughs> if you this is unbelievable i mean that is not the character witness you, you no. need at this time ma'am. no mm-hmm. i love this linda uh, a women's march leader linda sarsour rushes to representative omar's defense i'm thinking with friends like this who needs enemies 
Yeah. You don't know, no. Linda. No, back away, back away. Now, we remember Linda because Linda was the one in the Women's March that we told you just recently as it was falling apart that, remember, she was meeting with some Jewish women at the very beginning of the Women's March, and she was, you know, she was um, uh, p- perhaps explaining some of these Jewish uh, tropes, these anti-Jewish tropes oh, okay. to the Jewish women there. It sounded like she was being very anti-Semitic, mm. but I'm sure she was learning. Anyway, she <laughs> said, I will not be silenced in the face of attacks, harassment, and targeted policing of speech. Mm. So wait, Linda Sarsour is concerned about targeted speech. Very concerned about it. Now, sure, her entire organization exists to uh, to get people fired for things that they've said online. Uh, but, you know, though, she's very concerned about the targeted speech thing. And so, she's a great character witness. I know, like, if I if I knew someone who was accused of sexual harassment, I would want Harvey Weinstein to jump right in right. and defend. Right? Right in there. Please, right. Harvey, jump hang in. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on just a second. I'm, I'm, I'm receiving a message from, from beyond. Hang on, I'm just trying to translate this. As the, mm-hmm. A, D. Is that a Ouija book? O, L. Okay. I'm getting some sort of message. Somebody wants to communicate from beyond that is telling us that she's okay. Oh, good. She's okay. Mm -hmm. She's got support here in this life and beyond, according to the Ouija board. That's good uh, to hear today. So anyway, she uh, she says she is not going to stand by and see attacks and harassment and targeted policing of speech. Uh, from a black Muslim woman elected official, our sister, Sister Omar, in the name of combating anti-Semitism. We can stand up for uh, Congresswoman Omar, knowing her record and what she stands for. Oh, she's been combat. in Congress for like several weeks, so her record is oh, no, very, well. very, very, very clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she definitely has very a record. Uh, the record's not in Congress. It's been th- the things that she said over her lifetime, which indicate perhaps... Maybe she has heard some of these tropes before. Maybe, maybe, just there's a slight possibility that what she's saying now is complete bullcrap. There's a no. possibility of it. No. I know, it's an outlandish possibility. No. Uh, I mean, she's, she's found humor in so many situations, Glenn. So many wonderful situations. Like when she was talking about Al-Qaeda and, and Hezbollah in 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, uh, she was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Let's listen to some of this. Um... A, a product of this sensationalized uh, media. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have these sound bites and you have these words and, and everybody says it with yeah. such an in, you yeah. know, intensity. Right. And so it must mean, must it must mean. hold yeah. a bigger it, meaning. It sounds strange you know, and weird. And, so. um, I remember um, when I was in college, I took uh, a terrorism class. Mm-hmm. And is that a such thing? Yeah, there was. So there you was, go, at, there is a lab for that? There was a, there was a class. Do you go to lab? No, go we, 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 we learned the, the ideology of. I'm glad um, you do that. <laughs> and so it was. It was the the thing that was interesting in the mm. class was every time the 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 professor said Al Qaeda, he sort of like his shoulders yeah. went up, and you know, yeah, he's in like command here. Al Qaeda, you know, hospital. He's an expert. And it was, <laughs> and it was you know, as, it, as, 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 as,
That is so funny. That is so funny. He was like freaked out by Al Qaeda. Is is it like he was an expert on Al Qaeda? You know, or or Hezbollah? Like he knows what terrorists are. Let's let's uh, say where he lives. That, yeah, no, that's a funny that way to go with that. With where terrorism. does he live? Oh, oh, oh man, oh, she's hilarious. Oh, she's great. Hey, um, somebody else. You know, Talib. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Congresswoman Tlaib, um, she has uh, in 2006, a lot of people didn't know this, but she wrote an op-ed for the final call. Oh, I love the final call. Fi- you get the final call? Oh, I, I, I think I do. Is that, um, is that That's the, Louis Farrakhan's, Louis Farrakhan's yeah, yeah. newspaper. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the final, uh, yeah, we all get it. I've got mean, a lifetime subscription. Do, do you? Oh, yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know. But how would any of these people come across anti-Semitic tropes? They couldn't. It's almost impossible. Well, in their she was life. talking about how Israel has a delusional ISIS-like ideology. Oh, okay. Uh, and that the creation of that country was a crime. Uh, but other than that, but other than that, but other than there's that, nothing no big, here. No, no big deal. There's not a no, long history no here at all. Uh, by the way, and I'm not making this up. David Duke also came in to uh, tweet his support. David Duke's a big. He does not like the Jews. People, you know, well, the, no, 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 the, no, on no, the front no, of his business card, no. it says, I don't like black people. But if you really look at the resume, you notice he does not like Jews all that much either. Not a fan. Well, but he's not using tropes. No, he occasionally will use a trope. No, or two. no, no, no. He just <clears throat> talks facts like like uh, Congresswoman Omar said, you know, look, I don't want to be anti-Semitic, but there's some real problem with Jews. So, right. I you know, that's that, what David Duke is doing. He's like, I don't want to. I'm sorry that I was using a trope. I just need to tell you the facts. If it wasn't for all these Jews, you know, we wouldn't have all these problems if it wasn't for all these Jews. Uh, and uh, hang on just a second. I'm getting another. I'm getting another message from beyond with the Ouija board. It's this one's from H. I. M. So some some okay, him know. him somebody I don't know I don't have time we have to take a quick break back in a minute we'll try to try to find out might be Himmler might be Himmler I'm not sure but I'm sure it's a very positive message here is uh, here is our sponsor this half hour it is uh, American Financing. American financing. Finding your dream home is only half of the battle when it comes to home ownership. The other half is figuring out, hey, how do we how do we pay for this uh, purchase? That causes a lot of stress. Okay, well, you can take away that stress uh, because you can hire the people uh, who are salary based mortgage consultants from American financing. And when I say hire them, I don't mean hire them like uh, here's a bunch of fees that you have to pay up front. No, no, no. You just call them 10 minutes. They can get you pre-approval. Then they'll go out and they'll look for the right loan for you. Okay. There's no upfront fees or anything like that. Then when they find it, you buy the loan through them. Now they are not associated with any of the banks. They don't take kickbacks from the banks, So they find the right one. They really, truly listen to you. Think of the opportunity. Now I remember my parents bought our house in, uh, when I was a kid in the early eighties, imagine buying a house in that environment. People who went through that. I mean, you're, you're talking about 15, 16, 17% interest rates. Yeah. Now you can lock in 30 year rates at what, 4%. It's crazy. I mean, that is and that's not, not coming gonna, back. It's not going to last. And it's not yeah. going to come back. 
So get American Financing to help you. They work for you. Um, A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. 2,500 Google reviews. Of, check them out. Do your own homework. These are the people that I would go to if I had to get a loan today. Um, lock in your interest rate, please. Lock it in. AmericanFinancing.net. AmericanFinancing.net or call 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334. Sure. 10 seconds, station ID. You know, I have to tell you, I feel bad for uh, Congresswoman Omar a a little bit because we've all been through these kinds of situations before where, you know, you do something and you just didn't know. Like, for instance, we had some new neighbors uh, move in just Mm -hmm. down the street, Um, this nice black family. And uh, we wanted to do something nice for them. Uh, and we were going to go over to their house. We live in a very Christian neighborhood, and we wanted to welcome them and say, hey, we're Christians. We're probably sure you're Christians, too. Uh, and we wanted to do something nice and spectacular. So we brought a big crossover, and we put it in their front yard. Oh. And because it was night, I wanted to make sure they saw it. We just lit it on fire. Uh, oh, because they could definitely see that. They'd be able to see the yeah, outline of the cross. Yeah, very well, easily. I find out they're all offended. I find out, and I had no idea offended that a burning cross was some sort of clan trope. And they were like, "Your family was all dressed with white hoods," and I'm like, "No, not because of the clan." I had no idea. I'm learning a lot. Uh-huh. I'm learning a lot. Yeah. Well, uh, and so, why uh, would you? Why were you wearing a, a white uh, white hood? And- safety first. Okay. What are you going to wear? Oh, black. I yeah. said, kids. Make sure that every car can see you. Make sure you're dressed in the white and and put this pointy white hood on because it's a little cold outside. But make sure it's white. So we did that. I'm learning a lot, and I apologize. Uh, I unequivocally unequivocally uh, just divorce myself from all of that. I had no idea. Um, You know, but at the same time, I do want to point out that blacks are moving into Christian white neighborhoods. So... But I, t- but, 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 course, I yeah. but that has nothing to do That's with burning the cross. That's not an equivocation, right? No, 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 okay. no. no. Cuz it seems I mean cuz some no. people might say the thing you're apologizing for you're following up immediately by reinforcing. No, so no that- ask David Duke. He even came to my defense. Oh, he did. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, it's good to have a very prominent figure like right. David to come to your right. defense in a situation like that. Right. And uh, David's been uh, endorsing candidates and everything all over the place. They seem to be in the Democratic primary, which is a little weird. Yeah. So, um, you know, what's weird mm-hmm. is also I was um, <laughs> I was welcoming a young intern to okay. the business here just well, you recently. Run, you run a business. Yeah. A, a lot of times it's it's good for a, a person who's high level in the business to kind of talk to the person who's right. intern level, make right. them feel welcome. Right. Uh-huh. And I later found out that that apparently... A very vigorous no pants welcome mm-hmm. is considered by some in some female cultures as sexual abuse. Now, I had what? no idea. I, I, had, I honestly thought you were about to say it's considered to be awesome. Right. And that's not right. What it was? Okay. No, it is considered. Now, I'm learning a lot about females and different cultures. Oh, wow. I had no idea that was considered abusive at all. 
I will tell you, you know, that you got to be careful because, I mean, she was, the way she was dressed. The way she was dressed, yeah. She mm-hmm. wanted it. It's, you it, know what it I mean? It did seem like but that. But I unequivocally uh, divorced myself from any kind of, of, of predatory kind of of course action although if she didn't want it she shouldn't have dressed that way is what you're saying that's yeah right, of okay. course yeah yeah yeah, yeah but you should be aware that some women in some cultures don't like a no pants policy wow on, i feel like i'm in college wagon. i'm just like i'm at university learning yeah, learning, learning I'm, I'm absorbing lot. so much here because these these customs are unfamiliar to me yeah they're just wild and crazy and there's something i mean yeah. look as a palestinian or a muslim there's no way you could ever pick up that there were tropes against jews in your no. entire life you'd no. never hear them no. she's learning right no. now about those things you know what just like you're you learning about running a business so what's so crazy yeah um i i went to the 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 southern rim of the grand canyon which oh. is in the, the you know the uh, native american territory oh sure okay mm-hmm. and i thought you know hey this is great i'm gonna go get me some wampum mm-hmm. and so i i came out and i was like hey i'm in the gift shop hey chief mm-hmm. you know uh where's the wampum because me smoke them wampum <laughs> <laughs> i right? bet they really like that because i was trying to relate to them yes you know yeah. what i mean mm-hmm. but what i found out is some indian cultures oh, no. find that to be offensive you're kidding me no you are kidding me no no wow no and i i unequivocally um uh, separate myself from any kind of racism uh with the native americans oh, of absolutely they are our friends but i would like to point out uh, that, you know, if Andrew Jackson would have done his job, mm. you know, we mm-hmm. could have all gone to the South Rim and we wouldn't have had a problem with. No, with, that does seem like an equivocation of some. No, sort. no, oh, no, 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 okay. no, 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 no. I'm just learning. I want to point out, mm-hmm. though, that there is some problems. You know, there are there are problems. I think you did mention this this incident to me because this is the time you were wearing the Trail of Tears T-shirt. Uh, and yeah. they didn't like that. Well, it wasn't a T-shirt; it was shoes. I, I oh, took I okay. took shoes and I put a, a Native American uh, face on them. Well, oh. inside the shoe, mm-hmm. so you were walking. You know, the Trail of Tears. There were the new Trail of Tears. A lot like Katy Perry's oh, new shoes. Okay. I just want to say none of this is offensive at all. And uh, it's right. just about learning. This is about us learning uh, together. If I've offended anyone, I had no idea. Oh, my gosh, no. I had no, no idea. We're learning. Yes. This is like school. You can Wait get credit for this. Wait until I tell you what's happening at the University of Maryland. Mm. You're not going to believe that. But the University of Maryland came out with a statement that I think we should all hear and support. You're listening to Glenn Yeah, that's coming up next. Okay, if you're in constant pain, you're not alone. There are about 50 million people that are in constant pain here in America that miss work due to pain. (sighs) Uh, I have to to tell you, uh, I relate. There are days that I just cannot get up. There are days that uh, my wife on Sunday said to me, go back to bed. And I'm like, we got to go to church. And she's like, go back to bed. My pain was so off the charts. That was me almost every day for about five years. I could barely function. I started taking relief factor. I still have some bad days, but by far my good days outweigh. 
please try it. Try it for three weeks. If it doesn't work in three weeks, it won't. But 70%, try it again over and over, month after month, like I do. ReliefFactor.com. Get more Glenn along with Mark Levin, Louder with Crowder, Eric Bowling, Phil Robertson, a bunch. BlazeTV.com slash Beck is the place to go. Use the promo code Beck. We're just learning. This podcast is sponsored by SimplySafe.com slash Glenn. I love doing commercials for Simply Safe because I have this system. In fact, I have it in my office even where we have a lot of collectibles. So when we lock up the doors on the weekend, we know nobody's going to, you know, steal the ruby slippers or the cup of a carpenter. Simply Safe is the best home security. They believe nothing should come between you and protecting your home. Simply Safe has created a system where you own the alarm system. So for $14.95 a month, they give you the 24/7 monitoring. It's all wireless so you don't have to worry about somebody cutting the lines or the power going out. All of it still works. Get a jump on protecting your home the Simply Safe way. SimplySafe.com slash Glenn. G L E N N. No time like the present. This is how you protect your home and your stuff. SimplySafe.com slash Glenn. Hey, it's the Glenn Beck program. Pat, mm-hmm. I know you're a big fan of Katie, uh, of Katy Perry. Oh, but she man. has mm-hmm. done something that I just can't believe. Uh, she, uh, have you seen them? I've seen them. Oh my goodness. In case you haven't seen them, here they oh, are. Goodness. The black face shoes. shoes. I call them mammy slippers, <laughs> uh, because they're clearly mammy slippers. Obviously. Um, uh, that's clearly what she was talking about. And so they have been pulled uh-huh. uh, from stores. Uh, they also look a little bit like Mr. Potato Head slippers. They, they do. Well, this one <laughs> looks like Mr. Potato Head, which is uh-huh. obviously, uh, you know, a, 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 an anti-potato statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this mm-hmm. is clearly a mammy slipper. Wow. And uh, I mm. say we, we tie stones around her, mm-hmm. throw her into a lake. If she floats, mm-hmm. we know she means it. Right. You know, uh, and we'll have to kill her. If she doesn't float, she's a witch. She, she's an innocent. Oh, oh yeah. she's, she's innocent. innocent. She she innocent. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's the way that works. I was yeah. confused. I, I wasn't sure. We're going to have a no fascist bonfire tonight. Mm. Uh, we'll give you the details of where we're going to be, but we're going to have a big bonfire. We're going to throw books and shoes and everything else that we don't like into a big bonfire. Uh, and uh, just to make our point, no fascists. Oh, it's a great way to celebrate. No fascists. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Good. so. Pat is mm-hmm. very excited about the border. I, I can't. It finally happened. It's fixed. We're done now. We, uh, mm. Yeah. I don't think we are. No, we're cool. Totally. This is totally cool because they got $1.375 billion. That's a lot. To build a full 55 miles of border wall. Okay, I mean, no. that's impenetrable. Okay, hang on just How a second. How do you get around or no, over wait. that on a 2,000-mile border? You can't. Hold it just a second. I thought that we know that... Estimates, and they're always wrong, estimates mm-hmm. are that it's going to take at least $20 billion to build a fence. I've heard $25, okay. but now we're... we're okay. No, it's fixed. But it, we had $5 billion, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, we did. Well, it was tw- initially... It was, they did initially it was 25 the They did offer the full amount uh, <laughs> just a year ago. It did. Uh, yeah. But that, that, that's no longer available. And then no. before the shutdown, they did offer $1.7 
billion dollars mm-hmm. um and now after the shutdown they're getting everything they need the 1.5 billion dollars well, through deft and expert negotiation mm. they were able to get just a little bit less than the worst offer uh before the shutdown That's so here's the really problem good. here is the pro- <laughs> yes. seriously yes. here is the problem mm-hmm. he blinked the great that thing, the, the reason yeah. why Donald Trump is one of the best negotiators, and I mean this sincerely, my favorite Donald Trump story, you've heard it a million times, is how he built Trump Tower on Fifth Avenue. Mm-hmm. They have air rights in New York. People own the air. Above your building, right? Above your building. So Tiffany's, which is on the corner opposite of, uh, of Trump Tower, and about half a block away, Tiffany's actually owns all of the air above Fifth Avenue for a couple of blocks. And so you couldn't build anything over, like, I think, four stories on Fifth Avenue in those blocks because of Tiffany's. So he went to Tiffany. It was either Tiffany's or Cartier. I think it was Tiffany's. Um, And he said uh, before he left, he talked to his architect and said, I want you to drop two plans. I want you to drop the Trump Tower that we, we've been talking about, a beautiful tower, and I want you to draw up the plans for the ugliest building that is five stories, <laughs> ugliest building you could possibly ever imagine. <laughs> and so he did, and he brought them both to a meeting, and he said, hey, I want to build Trump Tower. And uh, the owner of the air rights said, no, well, uh, well, there won't be anything over five stories here because we own the air rights and we're not going to sell them to you. We don't want some monstrosity here. And he said, you know what? You are so right. You are so right. Now, I've already bought this property with plans to build this, but I knew that you might be um, set on a small building. So here's what I'm going to build if you don't sell me the air rights. And he laid it out and he said, I'll leave it up to you, but I want you to know. I will build that building. (laughs) He did not blink. And he's a great negotiator because Mm -hmm. when he got back to the office, they were already on the phone saying, come back. We'll do that because they knew Mm -hmm. that son of a bitch will do it. Mm -hmm. He blinked. He he made a promise that he wasn't willing to keep and they knew that he wouldn't keep it. All of his power goes away. Remember, he is the president that I've been looking for for a while in this one category. A guy with a twitchy eye. I've said this for years. You want your enemies need to feel like the president has a twitchy eye where they look at each other and go, that guy just might do it. I think he's nuts. (laughs) So I preferred that that's why Russia looked at our our president not necessarily the people in our own country but he has that twitchy eye and you never know what he's going to do well he telegraphed that he was willing to cave we should clarify he hasn't done that yet no he hasn't right so they this deal was supposedly struck up between republicans and democrats he still has not signed it or approved it yet he could still reject it now uh, I how lame are Republicans though for oh, accepting yeah. this? How totally. lame totally. are they? They I have mean, no. They've never had any intention. No, they haven't. They never had any intention. Fifty-five miles of border protection is like finding out you have lung cancer, and your doctor says, "Here's a throat lozenge. Good luck." <laughs> Wait, that's it? That's what I get for lung cancer? Yeah, that's what fifty-five miles of border is when you have a two-thousand-mile border. It's nothing. It doesn't. It doesn't help. 
The problem is... It's not even worth doing. I, I think where you can look at this and say uh, there's a real problem is that Democrats know that this is all being blamed on Republicans if there is another shutdown. So they mm-hmm. have absolutely no leverage here. And yeah. part of that is because yeah, Trump yeah. came out and said it was me. Like, I, look, the shutdown is mine. I own it. And he thought he could stick with that. Yeah. But he, I think he found out that didn't work for him. Because uh, didn't he help. didn't make the case yeah, relentlessly. Right. And they're not... He needed to make the case. The American people could have been with him if he made the case. Look at um, how Democrats do that. They pound yeah, their case. Yeah, but they also daily. have they also have the press which makes it really easy. Yeah, but the president's got Fox News. I mean, they could they'd help him with this. President has Fox News. He also has talk radio. Does? He has right. he has uh, tons of outlets. Remember what you President Obama was doing. This message. Remember what President Obama was doing at the end of his term? He was only talking to bloggers. Yeah. You know, YouTubers, YouTubers and bloggers, Mm -hmm. why the president isn't on, um, you know, uh, Ben Shapiro's right uh, show, why he's not on. I mean, I'll I'll understand why he wasn't on our show. It might be a little uh, (laughs) wounding uh, for him or for me either way. uh, But. I welcome him to make his case well, of here. Of course, yes. Uh, people know the case on the border, don't they? I mean, no, but people are aware that what's going on in the border, and they're still did not. Did you see I don't what know, people were saying? Moral and all that. I, yeah, I you see know. how it was. Look at the poll numbers, even from Republicans towards the end. Right. I mean, they're not good, and we've been talking about uh, this for how not long? Good. I mean, you know, how, how many 20 times? Years. Is, well, yeah, 20 Easily. years. And, and Trump, at least for four. Yeah. We're coming up on four years since he came down that escalator and made that speech. The border has been the biggest issue in the country ever since. Look, the problem is with the Republicans is they don't have any big ideas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, there's okay, look at look at how. Even if they did, they couldn't sell it. I know. Look at how the Green New Deal is being embraced by millennials. Yeah. You can sell the Green New Deal to your base, but we can't sell anything to because the conservative we don't base. have anything new we're not reaching out for the stars look at look at what we did yesterday he signed an executive order for ai but it was not an in, in, inspirational ai uh executive order it really did nothing it said okay to the um to the uh, departments all in the united states government you should look into ai and see if we can develop you know friendly ai etc there's a moment here where Mm -hmm. he could have said look the world is on the edge of profound change and it's either going to be good or it's going to be bad we're going to be the leaders of good while everyone else is pursuing AI just to conquer the world, we are going to pursue AI to help us solve cancer and cure cancer and muscular dystrophy and multiple sclerosis. We are going to cure things in the next 10 years because the United States is going to find a way to get AI and be there first. Everyone else wants to have it so they can conquer the world. We want to do it so we can conquer hunger. We can conquer slavery. We can conquer sex trade. We can conquer cancer. Mm. That's inspiring. Mm-hmm. And and it would cost you almost nothing. What about flat tax reform? You you could this, flat tax. This would be the time to do it with all the extreme proposals People on the left. People want something new. They yeah. want something new. Or at least bold. I mean, the flat tax isn't new, but at least it's bold. It's bold. Oh, yeah. you know? But it's, it is new because nobody's, 
nobody's yeah. ever really seriously considered it and done it. I mean, and I think that was one of the issues with the speech, which was a good speech, I thought, generally. I thought it was a great speech. But there was not a bold was. new idea there, right? Like I it, thought there was at the end and the beginning, what? but it was all about coming together and uniting. But yeah. you have to I'm unite talking, around an idea mm-hmm. bigger than unification. You know what I mean? He he started out great when he said, "Look, we united, uh, you know, against the Nazis for freedom of the world. We united and put a man on the moon." Yes. It does bring us together when there's a big idea. And in a vacuum where there are no big ideas, a big idea like let's get rid of every car and airplane in the next 10 years, people like the sound of a new deal. And they will run to it. You'll notice the college uh, campus reform uh, just did a, a video that that's really, really telling. Really good, yeah. They said, yeah. are you for it? Oh, yes. absolutely. It's about time, finally. It's a big idea. I like these ideas where we're going to go mm-hmm. take something on. It's progressive. I really like that right. it's progressive. As soon as they start reading the details, <laughs> they're like, wait, no, Whoa. that's stupid. We don't want to do that. No, that's no, that's crazy. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Where are the big ideas? Where are the things that we can all unite around? They're too timid to do any of them. That has to be the president's message. He cannot spend the next year. They are going to spend it on division. You have to spend it on a uniting idea, a big idea. And you can't just say the wall. If you want to make it about the wall, Mike Lee says there is a legal way, constitutional way to build it. Um, in some areas without an executive order with an executive order and he said Mm -hmm. it would be constitutional not all of it but a good portion of it Hmm. you want to pursue that as long as it's constitutional pursue that pursue that but then add in things like let's make this easier for people who really want to be here to come in let's 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 widen the door while at the same time, we shut off the illegal immigration. Just start on that. Let's widen the door. If you have a mind for AI, if you're one of the best AI people around, we want to use it to cure cancer, not to control people. Come here. We welcome you. Your green card, your visa will be easy to get. It'll be the easiest place to come in to research for AI. He's got to start making he's got to start showing progress on the future instead of digging into the past because the left is not digging into the past. Well, they are. It's the spooky 1940 past, uh, but it seems new to everybody who's never read a history book. Thanks, Pat. Liberty safes. Liberty safes aren't just for men. Uh, Liberty safes can be for people like Stu as well. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, I am a, I don't identify as something different if that's what you're getting at. Uh, right now I'm a, I'm a man or a boy. When you put the, when you put the, when you put the purses in. I, I just to be clear, I don't, I don't personally put the purses in the safe. My wife puts her purses in the safe mm-hmm. and my wife's purses cost more than your home. So they deserve to be in a Liberty safe. They should be protected like the, my, the retirement plan they are. I remember the stew that I first met before Lisa. I remember that guy who would have said, those purses are stupid. They're stupid expensive. 
No. Oh, they're definitely stupid expensive. But at this point, I mean, my 401k is cleaned out to buy them. I better, I better protect them in some way. <laughs> so anyway, Liberty Safe. Liberty Safe, you can put things in like your purses or your guns or your medication, anything that you don't want people getting. Uh, they're the best built safes on the planet, bar none. Their engineers developed the newest revolution in home safes, a military style locking bar, which is really cool. They're also an American company that provides work for hundreds of American workers. Uh, and they they build them in the factory and ship them right through their independent authorized dealers. They put their safes to test that through tests that prove that uh, they stand up while the competitors don't. It's a Liberty Safe. Check them out now. LibertySafe.com. That's LibertySafe.com. We have some really good news coming up in uh, just a few minutes. Um, we also have uh, uh, David Harsanian, who is looking at the uh, Green New Deal. Uh, and we'll go into that uh, coming up. We also have to tell you about the University of Maryland uh, you know, they're going through all of the old yearbooks now in the University of Maryland. They found in the 50s and 60s, people were wearing blackface and doing all mm. kinds of inappropriate things. Oh, my. And so what did the uh, the president of the university come out and say? We have to remember that this is in the past and we can't judge what's happening today with what was happening in the past. We are different people and a different uh, in a different time and a different university. This does not reflect on who we are today. Uh, now, which is completely true. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. I wanted him to say, now, everybody get into your American history class because we have to take down the founding fathers and tell you how racist they are. Yeah, exactly. And that, this is a, it's very true. That is how you should judge people. Is by it is. I mean, Soul Man came out in the mid 80s. It was a major studio release of a movie of a guy in blackface. Like uh, this is not. Uh, th- this was a very different time, and but, I'm glad we don't do that anymore. But let's. But you have to judge it within context of that time. Let's look at the positive side. Do we not believe? Why do we like Shawshank Redemption? Mm-hmm. You could be one thing, but you can be redeemed and change your life. Isn't that the point of living a life? First, let me tell you about Relief Factor. Relief Factor is uh, is something I started taking about a year ago. We've been advertising it for about five years, and uh, I've seen people um, take it and it, them actually get out of pain. Um, I am somebody who, <laughs> this is not a good thing. I don't say this proudly, but I just, uh, you know, the... Uh, you know, 100% natural usually is a turnoff for me. I'm like, uh-huh, right. I need some petrochemicals in it. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. Again, this is a bad thing, but this is 100% natural. So I didn't take it for a long time until my pain just got to the point where I just couldn't live this way anymore. And I was desperate. And so I tried it for three weeks like they recommend. If it doesn't work in three weeks, it's probably not going to work for you. That's why they say for 1995, try it for three weeks. You take it, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for three weeks. If you see a difference in your pain, order again 70 percent of the people that take it and try it for three weeks go on to order more month after month like I, i've been taking it now three times a day for over a year it's still working still working mm. it is it's remarkable uh at least for me try it relieffactor.com relieffactor.com a natural drug-free way to ease your pain
fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So we are about to kneel down to the chocolate god uh, and make our sacrifice on uh, on Valentine's Day. But Valentine's Day is uh, more than just chocolate and flowers and everything else. It is. It should be a reminder to us of the ones in our life that we really truly love, and and it grows beyond what it was when we first met. It's hard to do. It's really hard to do. Marriage is really difficult, but it is so worth it. I want to I want to introduce you to a couple um, that you may have heard their story. Um, before, but I'm not sure you've heard all of their story. And we go there in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Also, the Green New Deal. We take that apart uh, piece by piece to show you exactly what's in it with David Harsani in about uh, 25 minutes. Now, nobody should feel unsafe at home, period. Fear has no place in your home. Uh, that's simply safe's motto, really. That's their mission. I remember when this company had six employees and now three million families are having their home protected by Simply Safe. And it's it's really it's it's a no brainer. It's going to cost you so much less. You're going to save so much money. In fact, I want you to go to simplysafebeck.com on their front page. You can scroll down and you will see how much money you're going to save in the next 12 months. It's astonishing how much money you're throwing away with you know the wired service that you know we're adt we're gonna protect it really are you because you're you are just costing me an arm and a leg there's a new better way to do it we got simply say for my sister-in-law and her family she has two small kids and they rent and they were, you know, they were going to be moving in a few months. And it's like, well, do we get a security system? What are we going to do? Well, this is easy. With Simply Safe, it's low cost. It's fifteen bucks a month, right? Fourteen ninety nine a month. Plus, you can move it around if you want to take it to a new place. If you're moving, you can actually just take it with you. You own it. It's your thing, and you don't have to deal with and it. And there's no contract. Nope. Verge calls Simply Safe the best home security. It's a wire cutter top pick. It's Simply Safe. Get ten percent off right now by going to simplysafebeck.com. Get started. Order your system. You get free shipping on any system and ten percent off at this special website. It's simplysafebeck.com. Dave Isay is um, uh, the guy who came up with the idea of StoryCorps. And StoryCorps is this really cool service, if you will, that is recording voices for our national archives. And they're recording our stories. And they do this all over the country in many different ways. But we wanted to talk to Dave on Valentine's Week about the people who they have found that are deeply, deeply in love. Welcome to the program, David. Glenn, it's great to be back. Thank you. So, so tell me uh, about Danny and Annie. Sure. Um, we're, 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 this is the story you were mentioning a little bit earlier. Danny and Annie, uh, and, and as you said, StoryCorps is this project where we have booths all across the country. We're a nonprofit, and you come with a loved one for the most part, and you sit for 40 minutes and record your story with each other. 
uh, just in audio, and then you keep a copy and another goes to the Library of Congress so your great, 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 great grandkids can get to know you through your voice and story. So um, this is a love story that goes back to the first week of StoryCorps when we launched 15 years ago in Grand Central Terminal. Um, back then, like nobody understood what we were doing and very few people actually came. We've now had half a million people participate. Um, but Danny and Annie happened upon the booth. He, um, they're from Brooklyn. Um, and Danny was an, a betting clerk, um, and Annie came to, Annie was a nurse, and they came to the booth to tell the story of their first date that had happened 25 years before. Now, they have thick Brooklyn accents, so you have to listen very carefully. <laughs> okay, so here they are uh, in 2004. She started to talk, and I said, listen, I'm going to deliver a speech. I said, at the end, you're going to want to go home. I said, you represent a 34-letter word. I said, that word is love. I said, if we're going anywhere, we're going down the aisle because I'm too tired, too sick, and too sore to do any other damn thing. And she turned around, and she said, well, of course I'll marry you. And the next morning, I called her as early as I possibly could. And he to, always gets up early. <laughs> to, make, to make sure she hadn't changed her mind, and she hadn't. And... Uh, Every year on on April 22nd, around 3 o'clock, I call her and ask her if it was today, would she do it again? And so far, the answer's been the same. Yeah, 25 times, yes. (laughs) You you see, the thing of it is, I always feel guilty when I say I love you to you, and I say it so often. I say it to remind you that as dumpy as I am, it's coming for me. It's it's like hearing a beautiful song from a busted old radio. And it's nice of you to keep the radio around the house. If I don't have a note on the kitchen table, I think there's something wrong. You write a love letter to me every morning. The only thing that could possibly be wrong is I couldn't find a silly pen. To my princess, the weather out today is extremely rainy. I'll call you at 11.20 in the morning. It's a romantic weather And I love you. I love you. I love you. When a guy is happily married, no matter what happens at work, no matter what happens in the rest of the day, there's a shelter when you get home. There's a knowledge, knowing that you can hug somebody without them throwing you downstairs and saying, get your hands off me. And it, it, Being married is like having a color television set. You never want to go back to black and white. So, David, uh, th- this is Danny and Annie. And in listening to that, it makes me want to start the tradition far too late of writing a note to my wife every day Um, yeah i mean they were they were really in love um danny um danny uh was not you you know if you if you saw a picture of him you can almost get it from his voice but he was about five feet tall he was bald his eyes were extremely crossed he had one little snaggle tooth and the guy had more romance in his little pinky than all the phonies in the Hollywood put together. Um, and, uh, you know, he was a guy like, you know, it, it, people used to laugh at him walking down the street because, you know, he talked funny and he looked funny. Uh, and I think that coming to StoryCorps with Annie and having a lot of people respond to that first story, we're going to play another story later, just, you know, it's about reminding people that they, that they matter and they're important and they won't be forgotten. And Danny and those, you know, that was the first week of story. Core, And, you know, it speaks to he was what StoryCorps is all about. It's about the grace and the poetry and the eloquence and the beauty in the stories of us, of, of, of all around us hiding in plain sight if we just take the time to listen. So they became um, big hits with the StoryCorps audience and uh, everybody loved them, as you can imagine. But then just a couple of years later, um, Danny and Annie um received some news and they came back to StoryCorps 
to talk about the fact that he had been diagnosed with terminal cancer and it was a very fast spreading cancer and he wanted uh one to record one last interview with uh, annie he couldn't come out to you you guys had to go to him that's right when we after he got danny had come back to StoryCorps with annie to read their love letters over and over again over the years. And he brought every character he'd ever met in his life to StoryCorps, uh, undercover narcotics detectives and major league umpires. And he'd have an, a cataract operation and want to come in and document it. They were like family. And when he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, stage four end stage, we actually that week named, renamed our original booth, the Danny and Annie Parasa uh, StoryCorps booth. And then the next week he said, will you come up? Come, I can't, I'm too sick to get to the booth, but I need to record one last interview with Annie. Will you come to our house in Sunset Park in, in Queens? And we did. And here is a clip of that. The illness is not hard on me. It's just, you know, the finality of it. And him, he goes along like a trooper. Listen, even downhill, a car doesn't roll unless it's pushed. And you're giving me a great push. Hmm. The deal of it is, we try to give each other hope. And not hope that I'll live. Hope that Joe do well after I pass. Hope the people will support her. Hope that if she meets somebody and likes him, she marries him. You know, he has everything planned. You know. I'm working on it. She said it was her call. She wants to walk out behind the casket alone. I guess that's the way to do it, because when we were married, you know how your brother takes you down, your father takes you down? She said, well, I don't know which of my brothers to walk in with. I don't want to offend anybody. I said, I got a solution. I said, you walk in with me, you walk out with me. And the other day, I said, who's going to walk down the aisle with you behind the casket? You know, the supporter. And she said, nobody. I walked in with you alone. I'm walking out with you alone. Mm-hmm. There's a thing in life where you have to come to terms with dying. Well, I haven't come to terms with dying yet. I want to come to terms with being sure that you understand that my love for you up to this point was as much as it could be and will be as much as it could be for eternity. I always said the only thing I have to give you is a poor gift, and it's myself. And I always gave it. And if there's a way to come back and give it, I'll do that too. Do you have the Valentine's Day letter there? Yeah. My dearest wife, this is a very special day. It is a day on which we share our love, which still grows after all these years. Now that love is being used by us to sustain us through these hard times. All my love, all my days, and more. Happy Valentine's Day. I could write on and on about her. She lights up the room in the morning when she tells me to put both hands on her shoulders so she can support me. She lights up my life when she says to me at night, wouldn't you like a little ice cream? Or would you please drink more water? I mean, those aren't very romantic things to say, but they stir my heart. In my mind, in my heart, there has never been there is not now, and never will be another Annie. He died just a few days later. He was 67. 
she's just turned 71 and uh, she came in to record one more story core uh, to thank everyone and and tell her tell everyone that she's doing fine she has all of his love letters and uh, it keeps her going yes she um, she uh, got after the 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 last interview with Danny was was broadcast on the radio on public radio and Danny actually heard it and then died about an hour later Annie got thousands and thousands and thousands of condolence letters and still to this day many years later she reads one of those letters instead of the love letter she would have gotten from Danny she buried a copy of those letters with Danny in the casket because mm-hmm. um, she wanted to let him know that his life did matter um, and she's um, she's she's hanging in Dave, thank you so much for sharing these um, with us. Um, well, thanks for having me on, Glenn. Thanks for doing such, uh, such great work. Appreciate it, and happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Thank you, Dave Isay from StoryCorps. Uh, no, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't ready for that yet. I, uh, it's Valentine's Day. Tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? Thursday? Ugh. I know. Maybe nervous. And, uh, you know, there is young love and then there's real love. And young love is all about, uh, how somebody looks, how hot they are, how, 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 Whatever shallow thing. I'm just thinking of they're all just so shallow. Love at the start is just so shallow usually. And if you do it right, it grows into something. As he said, when she says, put your hands on my shoulders so I can get, <clears throat> get up and out of bed. Or have some more water. He said those aren't romantic things. But they are with a mature love. The things that you will do for your spouse or your spouse will do for you as you grow old together are the things that make all the difference and they're the things that inspire the next generation. It is the couple that still holds hands. It's the couple that still just hugs each other in the kitchen. I always wanted to be that guy who grew old with his wife. And I am so blessed to have that in my wife, Tanya, who has just been a remarkable 
woman. This Valentine's Day, it doesn't take chocolate and it doesn't take, uh, you know, it doesn't take anything special. That helps, you know, to remind. But it is everything else that goes around Valentine's Day that really makes the difference. Now, our commercial break uh, for one minute and then back into programming. Uh, 1-800-Flowers is sponsoring this segment. And I, I want you to know that um, let, those, let those flowers um, just signify a new commitment to your life and the love of your life. Tell her what you love about her, loved about her, when you first met and and what she means today and make a new commitment to write her a note or to call her whatever and let the flowers signify that new commitment to her two days left until valentine's day right now you can get 18 18 stem enchanted rose medallies for for 29.99 or you can upgrade to 24 assorted roses for ten dollars more it's a great offer available now from 1-800-Flowers 1-800-Flowers.com again that's the 18 stem enchanted rose medley for 29.99 or 24 assorted roses for 10 bucks more it's 1-800-Flowers.com 1-800-Flowers.com Click on the radio icon and enter the code BECK That's 1-800-Flowers.com Code BECK The offer expires today 10 seconds, station ID You know, Stu, we, I think, are the two, two of the luckiest men. Pat is the same way, and Jeffy's the same way. We have, we have wives that are remarkable, absolutely remarkable wives. Very true. That are just, and I, you know, I asked somebody in a job interview the other day, who's your best friend and why? And he said, uh, it's so-and-so, um, because, um, because, He's honest, and he's honest about himself. He's honest with his wife. And the way he spoke about his friend said everything I needed to know about him. And uh, when he said he's honest with his wife, it's, it's such a different thing to be able to have a wife who is, who is actually your partner and not necessarily in everything tanya is bored stiff with politics she's bored stiff with all of this stuff and uh and you know what some of the stuff that that she talks about i'm just like uh, bored stiff but there is we are partners in everything she you know one of our dreams is is that we're going to build a an art studio in our house one of these days and I'll have a place for my my painting right next to her sewing machine where she can quilt because we just want to be in the same room together you know and just pursuing and she'll say look at this and I'll say to her well look at this we're not pursuing the same thing but we are and we're partners in it and we just love being together and 
it's such an honor to know you and Pat and Jeffy and so many others that work here who actually have great marriages. It says it, it, it says something about somebody, doesn't it? I think it does, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I you get to that point where, I mean, I know we all just feel like, you know, hit the jackpot, basically. Uh, and, oh, yeah. and by the way, I've noticed We're, a lot of people on social media telling us that we've hit the jackpot, no, and that's not that. necessarily helpful. Yeah, but we know uh, that. But we do get yeah, it. We get that. We don't need we to reinforce that. it. I know. Uh, per se. Uh, but uh, I think uh, that, that does, it, it's, it's that focus, right? If you can understand that that's a priority, then it sets your life up in order, I think, for many, many other things, right? If you understand that that is the, the you know, the thing that you're, working on the most right you want to make sure that that's important it, it leads to i think being a better parent leads to being a, a better coworker. it leads to um you know stability and by the way every statistic on earth uh backs this up you you are able to have more money you are able to have a more stable life you are you're more successful, you're more successful. all the way around yeah. with children and everything mm-hmm. if you make that your priority mm-hmm. and just focus on your family that's that's the one thing that i have learned in trying to search for answers on how to heal the world heal your family that's it there's nothing you will do that is of more importance anywhere more important than what you do within the four walls of your house that's the most important thing you can do and that's i know it sounds trite but it's true you're listening to glenn beck all right. So uh, there's a, a new uh, story out. To fix that pain in your back, you might have to change the way you sit. You think? Mm. Uh, I will tell you that um, my back last week, because I spent two days sitting in a chair that was not this X chair up in uh, Washington, D.C., my back hurt so bad. Just two days. Just two days. Mm. I mean, you have the wrong chair, and it is just a nightmare. Uh, get yourself an X chair. Uh, get somebody you love an X chair. If if you work at home uh, or your wife is is working, you know, at work or at home, and 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 show her Valentine's Day that you care about her, uh, you care about him. X chair. Go to xchairbeck.com right now. Hundred dollars off the X chair basic or the X chair supreme. It's X chair eight four 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 X chair. Promo code Beck. The Green New Deal has about a thousand insane things in it. We go over the ten most insane requirements of the Green New Deal with David Harsani for The Federalist. He's up next. iPatriots.us is a new conservative alternative to liberal-based email services. It's secure, private, and safe, no ads or spam. And they won't collect or sell your data ever. Go to iPatriots.us right now, pick your membership. At checkout, select your own iPatriots email address, enter promo code PATRIOT, get the first month free. Go month to month, cancel any time. David Harsani, the author of Freedom First, uh, a guy who is a senior editor at The Federalist uh, and a dear friend. Welcome to the uh, program, David. Thank you for having me, Glenn. You bet. I know you've done a lot of work on the Green New Deal, um, which on its surface seems absolutely nuts. Uh, but you've you've really, you know, 
you've put the hood up on this thing and you've really looked at it to see uh, using the facts of the actual deal to, to see what's in it. And you've found that. <laughs> no, well, I should say it's not really a lot. Of, I wouldn't consider it work because it was actually a lot of fun to read through in one sense. Right. But in another way, it's uh, it's just crazy. And it really, you know, I know she walked it back and, and I know that the authors walked it back a bit, but obviously uh, the very core of it is just nuts. And, and that the core of it is that we're going to get rid of all our fossil fuels in 10 years mm-hmm. and not just fossil fuels, but also nuclear energy. If anyone's at all serious about clean energy and, and moving away from carbon emissions and dismisses nuclear energy, they can't be taken seriously. No, they can't. They can't. It is the cleanest by far and helps us. We could use all of the nighttime energy um, just to be able to uh, make hydrogen I mean, there is so much that can be done with nuclear energy that would help us be completely emission free that anybody who says that they're serious about having energy and clean energy and they dismiss nuclear, they're they're um, they're they're frauds. They're just frauds. Well, they are. We're very immature. Don't understand how the world works. And, uh, you know, this plan does not have any sort of. It does not embrace economic reality as a way I would put it. I mean, imagine having to retrofit every single building in America in 12 years. Imagine having to retrofit every car or get a new car so they can run on electricity, which won't even be there because we won't have anything to generate. It is just nuts in that way. And then in another way that it's nuts is that it's a Trojan horse for, or was a Trojan horse for a bunch of socialistic plans like uh, economic security for people, quote unquote, unwilling to work, um, you know, and a bunch but of even others, if you, you know, are willing to work, this is a reversal of the Bill of Rights. This is FDR's second Bill of Rights, is it not? Yeah, it is. And, and you know, free education, uh, you know, free housing or guaranteed housing, and a bunch of other things of that nature that really have nothing to do with with green energy or anything anything like that to begin with. So, David, um, is there is there anything serious in it? that you can look at and say, well, you know what? This, this is a solid idea. No, there's nothing like that. (laughs) Banning meat, giving everyone a house, uh, you know, free education. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think that there are many progressives who believe these are, you know, this was pulled back by, by the authors because it was mocked, not because they don't believe these things should happen. So we have to remember that these are the goals and this is this is just authoritarianism. I mean, it tells you how to live your life on every level. It, it wouldn't be okay with me even if we had a, if I thought a climate disaster was over the horizon. We have to we have to think about other things, including the economy and including our rights, as you mentioned. So, David, the real tell here is uh, to me the nuclear power thing. It's like if you are really concerned with the the, the globe and the way it's warming. You're going to want to embrace nuclear power if you're actually serious about it. And, and, you, and, and they you, ban it in this bill. Right. And you leave in coal, apparently. Right? I guess they don't mention coal. And I didn't think of that. <laughs> um, I would just say this, though. You're right about nuclear energy. But also, we lead the world in, in reducing carbon emissions over the last few years, mostly, I think, because of uh, fracking and, and natural gas. Yes. So if you eliminate that and you eliminate nuclear power, you're not really working towards anything. You just want an excuse to control the lives of people, because once you control all carbon, you control all life, which I think this is just a power play sort of thing. So how frightened 
are you that there are 70 co-sponsors of something that is truly ridiculous? I'm actually pretty frightened. I mean, I'm pretty frightened that that all these um, Democratic candidates, leading ones, you know, Kamala Harris and others, immediately endorse this plan uh, while the initial, you know, fact page was out there with all this stuff. They embraced it. Uh, that, that should be scary. Now, I don't think I'm not scared because I know it can't really happen, but I am scared with what will do to the economy trying to make things like this happen. I think that should scare us. Um, well, you say that it can't happen, but you listen to people who are not paying attention. And David, honestly, if we went through another 2008 or worse, which I do believe is on the horizon just because of Europe alone, um, this is the kind of thing that socialists say, hey, we're going to take care of your housing, your housing. We're going to take care of your car, your food, your guaranteed job. And if there is a serious, serious and I'm talking about a depression, this is the kind of stuff people run towards. Right. I mean, 10 years ago, if I called a Democrat a socialist, they would feign indignation and, and act like they had been insulted. Today, most Democrats seem to think that that's a pretty swell idea. So I think the debate has actually gotten a lot more honest. And um, it'll, and this this and other things are just part, really, of, of the fight of, for, you know, for people who, between people who believe in free markets and people who believe in socialism. And uh, I do wonder, though, I just want to quickly say if people understand what they're supporting. For instance, I saw a poll that said, you know, 72% of people want Medi- Medicare for all. Uh, but when they explained to them what Medicare for all actually meant, it dropped to 36%. So what does that know, mean, Medicare for all? What does that mean? It, it means we're going to take away your private insurance and uh, throw you into a government, government program of insurance. It's socialized medicine is what it means. And but, but people don't want to lose their insurance. They actually sort of like their insurance. So once they hear about the specifics, they don't like it. So if I want to be positive about the future, I say to myself, there are sort of these grand plans people like in theory, but might not like in reality. And uh, that's usually what socialism is actually about. Um, well, it, it, unfortunately, it fools country after country after country. Um, um, tell me what it the the idea of getting rid of grounding all planes <laughs> well the plan is that we're going to have high-speed rail it's hard not to laugh when you talk about this stuff but it's it's scary too but she she claims that uh we're going to have high-speed rails and, and and they'll work so well that we will sort of crowd out any need for air travel or actually for cars as well in urban areas um as you see in California, they have a high-speed rail that I think is $100 billion in debt right now and doesn't really work yet. So I'm not sure how we can envision that throughout the country. Every city that I've ever lived in that talks about having a high-speed rail, it, it always fails. Always fails. Always comes in overpriced. Even just regular, you know, out here in D.C., they're trying to build, expand the metro. It takes literally 10 years. You know, it's way over budget. It's constantly the case. People in America love their cars, and moreover, in the middle of America, I lived in Denver, for instance, for many years, you need your cars. There's no way you can use a train to get around. It's just a silly thing. So is she, is she talking about actual bans or um, uh, 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 some sort of a carbon tax that would discourage things like planes? Because uh, it sounds like in 10 years, we're just going to stop air travel. We're going to stop cars. Or, or is it a, a penalty if you want to use the car? How do they envision this happening? 
they don't get into specifics about how they would ban things. And I don't think she uses the word ban on the planes, but she does use some sort of language when it comes to cars and urban areas of having government sort of explain to you how many cars you need or don't need and, and following through in that way. I can't say that she's put kind of the thought into this that would be nuts and boltsy. You know, I mean, we don't know how these things are supposed to be accomplished for the most part, only that they should be their aims and goals. And occasionally she'll say, you know, she'll use, she uses euphemisms for ban, you know, she doesn't say ban, but. So David, did she write, who wrote this? Who is the brain behind this? I don't know that there is a brain behind. Well, you know what I mean? (laughs) Who is the, who's the head behind this? Where, where, who wrote this and put this together? I suspect there are, I don't know, but I suspect there are a bunch of, you know, special interest greenie types who, who, who helped her write this thing. I mean, it's just a grab bag of everything they want uh, thrown in there. So I suspect that's who wrote it. We, I don't know for sure, but, you know, politicians who endorse this thing should be held accountable for doing so. Um, I think that's important to note. Where are we headed, David? I, I was in the State of the Union. I was actually in the room with them. And uh, there is now a growing uh, Marxist uh, community that is arrogant, is self-centered, and will make you pay if you don't join them. Yeah, it's bad. I mean, I think they're authoritarians. They're socialists. Uh, Kamala Harris had her CNN. I I think she's probably one of the front runners or is the front runner. And she had a CNN town hall where she just was bragging about how she wanted to take everyone's insurance away from them, health insurance. And it's a huge, hugely important part of people's lives. So I think we're headed to a pretty bad place. Uh, I have to say when, you know, I was not a fan of Donald Trump and, you know, I generally am not a fan of politicians, but when he dropped a line about socialism in the state of the union address, it made me uh, very proud of of the president. And um, I think it's an important battle to be won. I think young people don't understand it because they never lived through the Cold War and they mm-hmm. don't know what it means. Mm-hmm. You know, my own parents defected from a communist country. I don't want anything like that for my kids. And um, and it's, I think it's going to be a pretty ugly fight. I will I will tell you this. I thought when the president said we will not be socialist, I, I just uh, talked about this yesterday in a monologue where what he was really saying is I will protect and defend the Constitution of the United States of America. Um, anyone who's pushing for these kinds of things, this this Green New Deal, they are in violation of the oath they take in office. You you you're not protecting and defending the Constitution. The core of the Constitution is an in, is individual rights. The core of socialism is collectivism. They cannot work together, um, and and that's important. I mean, I think it was P.J. Rourke who said who boiled down the Constitution to stay off my lawn and, and keep your hands to yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, neither of those things, socialists care about neither of those things. So yeah. um, th- to me, they're authoritarians. I don't care. You know, there might not always be down to the definition socialists, but if they want to control what you buy, what you eat, what you see, what you say, and all that stuff, to me, they're just, you know, it's just tyranny. I don't know to what level it's going to come here, but it's worth fighting against, I think. David Harsani from thefederalist.com. Thank you for your, uh, your help and uh, your research, and we'll talk to you again. Uh, we want to take you to another socialist country that was also very into the planet. 
Uh, and we'll do that here in just a minute after the break. First, let me tell you about Blinds.com. There is one improvement that you can make to your house that will totally change the look and feel of your home. No contractor is required and no high ticket price. Most people wait to replace their blinds or window coverings when they're selling their home. Well, why not do it now so you can enjoy the transformation? Blinds.com. They make the selection, the ordering, and the installation of brand new window coverings fast and easy. They're Design consultants will chat online, get on the phone, even FaceTime with you. That's how committed they are to help you pick out and install the perfect window coverings. Plus, every order gets free samples, free shipping, and a free online design consultation. With over 20 years online and 15 million windows covered, Blinds.com is America's number one choice for custom-made window uh, coverings. So, all you have to do is go to Blinds.com. You go now through February 14th, that is Thursday, you'll get the huge site-wide savings, plus an additional 5% off if you use the promo code BECK. It's Blinds.com, promo code BECK, get the additional 5% off their huge site-wide savings, now until Valentine's Day. Blinds.com, promo code BECK. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Plans for Brexit are getting bad in Europe. We'll talk to you about the plan to airlift the queen to safety and the body bags that are now being ordered. However, plans for breakfast are uh, promising. Yes, they are. They're really good. I'm very excited about it. We were talking about environmentalists and who Mm -hmm. these early environmentalists were. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, you remember much of the 60s and 70s environmentalism was overpopulation scare. Yeah, where where Obama's uh, chief science czar uh, in the 60s and early 70s was talking about sterilizing drinking water Mm -hmm. because by 1980, there would be way too many people. Way too many people. Uh, Population will inevitably and completely outstrip whatever small increases in food supplies we make. That was Paul Ehrlich, Mm -hmm. environmental Mm -hmm. legend, crazy person. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mein Kampf, however, also talked about this a little bit. First volume said, quote, the new Reich would have to conquer with a German sword the soil that the German plow would till in order to provide our people with the daily bread. There, uh, the living space was, quote, specifically to secure adequate food supplies for the German people. Mm-hmm. Now, living space was a big deal. Not liking Jews and getting living space for mm-hmm. food was, was Hitler's big thing. Yeah. BBC wrote about the movement that influenced Hitler, including the, quote, growing concern about the allegedly negative effects of industrialization and urbanization. There was also a belief in the virtues of agrarian society mm-hmm. and the panic over Germany's limited resources of food and raw materials. And the only thing keeping those quotes off a Prius bumper sticker is they're too long. That's pretty right. much it. Right. That's pretty much it. Environmentalists of the day also noticed Nazi green efforts. German conservationist Wilhelm Leinenkamper wrote that Nazis, quote, refuse all kinds of compromise and demand strict literal fulfillment. Those refusing the call of sacrifice are under attack, and rightly so. I mean, does that not sound like something they say about climate deniers? That sounds like today? something that could be in the New York Times today. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Green and the Brown is a book by uh, environmental professor uh, Frank Ucoet, or not a conservative book, shows uh, similarities to modern day environmentalism are unmistakable, as he sums up nicely, quote, the lion's share of conservationist publications written between 1933 and 1945 could be printed again today without raising eyebrows, end quote. We know this to be true yeah. because they just they just had a paper that that was uh, was almost put into the journals. Yeah. That took pages from, <laughs> from Mein Kampf. Kampf. The Nazi power, uh, power policy of Dauerwald, or uh, Eternal Forest, 
was a nationwide top-down sustainable forestry program that was a passion project of Aaron Goering. He wrote, only by the complete subjection of the individual to the service of the whole can the perpetuity of the com- uh, community be assured. Eternal forest and eternal nation are ideas that are indissolu- indissolubly linked. Sounds real conservative there. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Um, they actually say uh, uh, this uh, forest policy, the review of it. I would argue that this policy left a long-term legacy of the German forest that was ecologically beneficial. That's how environmentalists today are looking back at the Nazi era. It is uh, authoritarian. Socialist, national socialist, communist, doesn't really matter. It's control over your life and what you do. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Uh, we want to talk to you about your taxes uh, because uh, new tax laws are in and people are a little confused. And if you had tax problems last year, do not drag them into next year. Yeah. Optimum Tax Relief is a great place to go. Um, they are America's number one tax resolution firm. They know a lot of people who have tax problems are good people who either came on prom. Uh, hard times or got screwed by the IRS or whatever the situation is, you can't fight these people at the IRS by yourself. No. You are screwed if you try that. Because they view you as an opponent. They view you as a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these tax services that wanted to help you, they view, they're old tax people. So they view you the same way. It's not the way uh, when you'll find out right away as soon as you get your free consultation at 800-669-6140. Uh, it's Optima. Optima. Call them now. They've saved over a billion dollars for their clients already. Give Eight, them a call. 800-699-6140. 800-699-6140. It's Optima. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenbeck program. Everyone should panic. Well, not not everybody here. Everybody in the UK should panic. If you're listening to us in the UK, you're going to start eating your neighbor. It's only you're a few weeks away from having to eat your neighbor. I will tell you why in 1 minute. This is the Glenbeck program. You know the problem is with public Wi-Fi? It's public. And so you don't know who's on that public Wi-Fi. It's it's connected to public Wi-Fi. You're connected to public Wi-Fi. Even if a password is protecting it, you could be tossing all of your expectations about privacy right out the window. Think about how hesitant you are to touch the uh, handle on a public bathroom. That's how you should feel about public Wi-Fi. It really is. <laughs> it really is. By the way, did you hear about Pete Hegseth? I did read about this. This, this is, is creepy. Hmm. Pete Hegseth, he's a friend of ours. He's on uh, Fox News, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and he said, I haven't washed my hands in 10 years because I don't believe germs are real. Okay, Pete, they are real. <laughs> they are real. Okay. We need to have a talk. And I regret shaking your hand now. You should have told the people that, uh, you know, years ago when we first met. You know, it's been two years since I've shook my, uh, since I washed hands. Okay, good. Keep your hands in your pocket. Don't maybe, touch it. Maybe he's one of these people that just doesn't want to shake hands, and this is his way of getting it, it done. It could be. It could be. Anyway, Stu's right. When you look at public Wi-Fi, you should think of the public bathrooms. You do not want to shake hands with that. 
You need Wi-Fi that is secure. You need Norton Secure VPN. Norton Secure Virtual Private Network. This is for your laptop and your mobile devices. It's easy to use. It's simple to install. You log in once, and Norton Secure VPN immediately provides you with more privacy and more security, protecting you from the hackers by encrypting your connection. Also, well, guess who can't follow you, Facebook? Yeah. Oh, and now Facebook is offering their own VPN. Oh, I'm sure that's going to be very secure. I think I trust the people at Norton. Norton Secure VPN. Go to Norton.com slash VPN. Starts at about $3.33 a month. Annual subscription. Do it now. Go to Norton.com slash VPN. Do it now. Secure your internet connection and make sure that people who haven't washed their hands aren't following you. Stu, did yes. you know? Did you know we are just a few few days away, just a few weeks away uh, from the UK crashing, uh, riots in the streets. Uh, there's not going to be any medicine. Uh, there's going to be food shortages hmm. uh, that that will cause food riots because people will be malnutrition. They will be malnutrition. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, malnutrition comes from a long-term food shortage, does it not? You're not like, if I'm really, really super hungry because I haven't had a meal in three days, I, I'm not suffering from malnutrition. I'm I'm suffering from not having anything to eat in the last few yeah, days, I'm, right? I'm pretty hungry. I'm pretty hungry. Malnutrition seems more of like a long-term serving of food. Yeah, right. Yeah. right okay. Uh, you haven't had any nutrition for a longer period of time. Um, malnutrition over a few days, pretty easy to get over. You know, as long as you've had water, uh, you could you can probably get over that pretty easy. Uh, but starvation is also. Uh, on the list of things that the British now need to worry about as warehouses will surely run out of fresh food and medicine. And, of course, as ITV is now pointing out over in Great Britain, uh, an explosion of immigrant-fueled crime. Now, this is weird for the press over in England to be speculating about um, immigrant-fueled crime Seeing that hmm. you can't talk about immigrant-fueled crime unless you're a racist. Are they talking about the people who are just coming over and trying to make the society a little bit better and make, make a little things a little bit better for their families? No, they're probably talking about white Americans oh. or Canadians that are in, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's probably it. Now, the health minister, Stephen Hamming, Hammond, uh, he, has, um, uh, he has advised the NHS, the National Health Service, uh, to begin purchases of emergency medical supplies, including stockpiles of body bags. Yeah, body bags. Uh, haven't we heard this report before? Uh, yeah, we From did. every conservative, yeah, quote-unquote, conservative conspiracy site that yeah, says this. Right. Duck. And they're mocked by, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. by all of the mm -hmm. media for mm -hmm. saying that the government is preparing for mass death. Well, that was because uh, Obama wasn't going to well, he wasn't going to leave office. Remember? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, he was going to cancel the election. He was, and they were cancel. They were stockpiling body bags for the war that was coming. That's right. Well, I remember all of that. Now, now, Great Britain is stockpiling bo body bags because uh, 
you know, it's going to get so bad over there. They've even they've even revived a uh, an old Cold War uh, plan to evacuate the Queen from London because starvation is going to be so bad. The food riots will head right to Buckingham Palace and she will need to be air vacked out uh, if they don't have a plan for Brexit. Is this a real report? They're they're saying this is yeah potentially possible. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, no, wait, no, no. Yes and no. Are they reviving these? Yes. Should they be stockpiling medicine just in case? Yes. Yeah. Why not? Are they freaking out? Probably not. Are people in the government that don't want Brexit pushing this? Yep. Uh, they there are. We go. Yeah. yeah. They want to f- make people scared right. about, you know, Brexit's so evil. Well, and they can blame every negative thing that happens in the country for the next 20 years on it. Let me tell you something. You remember the nightmares. Not a lot of people remember this. Um, whew, but, Stu, you're old enough to remember the, the nightmare of the starvation and, and, and everything else that went on for Y2K. Oh, yeah, that was devastating. Oh, my gosh, that was horrible. The computer code, they only had two digits. Yeah. And because they only had two digits, it would go from 1999 to 00, which almost would mean the same to the computer as 1900, which would throw everything uh, into it would just mean, erase chaos. Yeah, it would just erase everything. Planes would fall out of the sky. Yeah, it if was going to be bad. If you're not, they were stockpiling body bags. Mm-hmm. They were yeah. stockpiling body yeah. bags. Yeah, they They've were. been stockpiling body bags for everything. Yeah, forever. Yeah. Then we, we I don't know ca- what we why we stockpile them. I mean, you really should only do that once, and then you got them. You yeah, know I mean? not, it's not like it's not like you're stockpiling like uh, tomatoes. They don't go bad, right? Like, yeah, it's right. Like, it's like, ah, oh, man, we didn't use those body bags. Well, we well gotta get throw some fresh them out, ones. buy some new ones, stock them up. Yeah, they're body bags. Mm-hmm. You can put dead things in them. I mean, I don't. They don't go bad. You almost don't even need the bags. I mean, to be frank about well, it. Well, you know, I prefer to have them. It's not. No, it's good to have. Yeah, but, and it's not yeah. necessarily a requirement. Yeah, I've seen cultures that don't use body bags, and there's mass, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, death usually uh, from socialist uh, governments, mm-hmm. um, and that's not a pretty picture. It does seem like it's worth having. It does. Yeah. It does. I'm all. I'm. I'm. I'm pro stockpiling body bags and then not freaking out about everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we should have them, and then if something happens, great. If it doesn't happen, great. We'll have it for the next time. I wouldn't say it was great if something happens. Well, but you got the body bags. You're prepared. Yeah, you're prepared. You mm-hmm. got the body bags. Now, I just want to, I mean, I hate to be, a, you know, negative Nancy here and rain on everybody's body bag parade, but uh, uh, let me just point out that if this happens, you're not going to use body bags. I mean, you have to burn the bodies in a fire because it's, they're clearly going to come back to life. I mean, hello, did, have you ever... Have you not watched all the zombie movies? If it's a zombie apocalypse, body bags are not going to be any good. I'll bet you these body bags have a zipper on the inside. I bet they can zip them down from the inside. Well, this is why maybe a bag isn't a good idea, because you want it to deteriorate faster. Right. right? You need like a, a Ziploc that can't be opened from the inside. And that body bag, I want it to have, you zip it up, I want it to turn blue. I want to see that that thing is zipped up and it's blue and that's sealed and they can't get out. They can't unzip it from, like if you're in a Ziploc bag, it's easy to get out. You just push up the top of then you just it'll just open up. But if it has that little clamp, it's impossible for a human being Correct. to get out. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. <laughs> I've never been in a human-sized Ziploc bag. But if I was in a human-sized Ziploc bag, Mm -hmm. okay, so remember the scale of the Ziploc seal would Mm -hmm. be the same scale, Mm -hmm. you know, as a sandwich bag, Mm -hmm. except big for humans. No, I understand. Could you open it up by standing there and just pushing on both sides? May trap you. Could you, for instance, lay it flat and then kind of crawl up towards the Ziploc thing 
and 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 put your feet underneath you and just crouch and then stand up and have it open or would it be too strong because hmm. you know in relation to the size i almost feel like you probably are not going after the actual seal point you're going after the rest of the bag and you're just trying to stretch it out until it breaks but again in relationship to size that would be a pretty thick bag remember you're very small you're sandwich sized Wait, you're sandwich size, but the bag's human size? Yeah. Well, well no. That's, that's a totally different no, I mean, perspective. No, no. But I mean, if you were a sandwich size mm-hmm. and you were put into that bag, I don't know if you could do it. Now, because you're not sandwich size in real life, we would have to make, for experimental purposes only, a human size sandwich bag for you because you're not sandwich size. You're human size. Right, so you're not saying I'm I'm smaller and the bag's larger. You're saying I'm the same size and the bag is larger. You, there's no way if we had made a human-sized bag and a sandwich-sized human, you'd ever get out. Oh, I disagree. You'd have much more chance to be able to kind of get in where the clamp was and loosen it and push it over just slightly to sneak out. If you were smaller, it might be actually be an advantage in the situation. Oh, you're going for the extra. You're going for the thing that slides across. I, I was so. just thinking about the big... I, we would have to have some some sort of big thumb thing with with mine you wouldn't have that clamp that you would have to have two big thumbs that would just come in and once you were inside the bag would just seal it up would the thumbs be normal sized person or would the thumbs be those a sandwich sized person no those would be giant sized so you need you need you for need this super sized super sized thumbs not necessarily human thumbs but to th- be any thumb any thumb yeah, but I mean, how many things have thumbs? It'd Not, have to be well, size of something huge with thumbs. It'd be Statue of Liberty-sized thumbs, a human-sized bag, mm-hmm. and a sandwich-sized person. Would you, now, would you use? Could you use a statue? Like, could you? You don't have necessarily have to grow a human this being that large. This is why they're freaking out in London. I want you to know this mm-hmm. is why they're freaking out. Think of all of the options they have to think about when they're ordering those body bags. That's terrifying. Now, there's something else that's happening closer at home that is just as bad, if not worse. The story comes from the Pacific Northwest and Portland. It's a horror show. Worse than human-sized Ziploc bags. Wait until you hear. I don't know how they're doing it. I don't know how these poor people are doing it in Portland. We'll give this to you in one minute. First, let me tell you about Relief Factor. Relief Factor. Man, if you've got pain, try this. Please just try this. It it may not work for you. 30% of the people that try this, it doesn't work. But 70% of the people that try it go on to order it month after month, and they they live on it. Now, it's 100% natural. It's drug-free. You take it three times a day. I've been taking it for over a year, and it has literally given my life back. It makes a huge difference. Try it now. Dollar a day. It's a trial pack. You're out nothing except for 20 bucks if it doesn't work. But low, low pain, low, low uh, risk, very high reward. If it does work, if you're one of the 70% like I am, you get your life back. Please order now. Order at relieffactor.com or call this number, 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. I know how hard it is even to type the address in if you're in pain or to to type the phone number in, but do it. Try it for three weeks. Relieffactor.com. Relieffactor.com. We pause for 10 seconds station ID, then to Portland. Portland. 
horror of horrors. So I don't know. I don't know how you're going. I don't know how you're surviving Seattle and Portland. I don't know. Um, I know that Seattle had six inches of snow. Six inches, Stu. Total. Are they going to try to rebuild or are they just going to abandon the city? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. They're living like animals now. Mm. Six inches of snow. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, and it doesn't sound like a lot, but they don't have any snow plows. They have to get them out of the mountains, so they have no snow plows. Really? In Seattle? There's, in not, Seattle. there's, no, there's snow. no snow. They don't, it never snows. It, it'll snow like a dusting, and then it rains. I mean, it's always raining. Hmm. So they're used to water, just not anything that turns into ice or what's this white stuff. I mean, you know, in Seattle, cocaine, sure, but that's not what this is. Um, now they're panicked. Now, up in Seattle, I don't know if you saw, the, the, the grocery stores were bare because everybody freaked out. Well, it's worse in Portland. <sighs> there is no kale left in the stores of Portland. They, and now I know a lot of people are rolling their eyes, but don't do it. The, these are Portlandiers, Portlandians people from portland and uh they like their kale they need their kale their kale is refreshing it is good for them it's nutritious it keeps them going and uh about people or rabbits i'm not sure i'm not sure but it keeps portland going uh and i i want you to know um if you manage to make it to the store here are just things are going to be okay snow melts and you don't have kale but if you manage to make it to the store, grab a pin. You're going to need beer. Write it down. Beer. Whiskey. Mm-hmm. Wine. Mm-hmm. Sugary things. Mm-hmm. Butter. Mm-hmm. Flour if you have to. Sure. Salt. Mm-hmm. Cheese. Already loaded up. Macaroni. Plenty of that with cheese. Macaroni and cheese. Have them both. Uh, and more whiskey. I just... I just want you to know, if you run out of kale like they have in Portland, mm. just get that, and it'll tide you through. You'll make it. You're going to make it. You're stronger than that snow. You're stronger than the four inches of snow there on the ground. Don't panic. I know it's a snowpocalypse, <laughs> but you'll make it. You will make it. It's, bad, a, one, it's a one-two punch. Snow and then no kale? What are you going to do? I mean, those are the two, two of the worst things that global warming has ever caused. Kale shortage and snow. I mean, it's, wait, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's like your Popeye and here comes Brutus and you have no spinach. <laughs> yeah, that's, they probably had spinach, though. they just didn't have kale. Right. They mm-hmm. don't, I said, it's like Popeye. They didn't say it was Popeye. I said it was Portland and it's like Popeye. Here comes Brutus, otherwise known as the storm. And he doesn't have spinach. They don't have kale. Yeah. But what you don't understand, Glenn, is uh, kale chips. They're delicious. Oh, I love when people tell me that kale chips are delicious. Sure, kale itself isn't that great, but if you make it into a chip, it's delicious. <laughs> oh, what you do is you put a little drizzle of olive oil, a little EVOO. 
on top of it, and then you salt it a little bit, and you put it in the frying pan. It, it, oh, you didn't have to do that. You put it right in the oven. You want to bake it. It's healthier. Oh, you and bake so you it? Bake, like baked chips. Oh, I've only had oh. fried. Oh, yeah. Oh, and you put it's them in much there. better. Oh, my goodness. And they come out, and they are, it's like, it, it well, tastes like green. kale, yeah. but it's, it's crunchy. Well, I've had it now. See, I've had it now. Mm-hmm. Maybe I made it wrong, but I had it, and it comes out looking like burnt, shriveled crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. it tastes like kale, only burnt and shriveled, and, and it's tad salty, and a tad salty, which is nice. It's a but nice. But I have kick found if you put enough salt on it and cheese, mm-hmm. uh, the ta- the kale taste almost goes away. That, uh, what you just said is true with everything on earth. If you put enough salt and cheese on it, eventually you just taste salt and cheese, which is why Americans love salt and cheese. Because to cover we're up covering up. Yeah. Why do you think McDonald's was a hit? Cheese. Cheese. They put cheese mm-hmm. on those, quote, hamburgers. Okay, that's... <laughs> See, the reason why we don't stockpile body bags is because we have all the preservatives in us that we need. Mm-hmm. We can, can die, you can come back a thousand years from now and it still be a stack of dead, fresh bodies. We won't rot. Thank you, McDonald's. Mm. It's very nice. But, and I, look, this is a tragic situation they're facing. I hope that the, the situation in Australia is a little different right now because they have real global warming. They've got a heat wave going on. Um, and that, of course, is also, by the way, of course, caused by global warming. So the heat and the cold are both caused by global warming as well as the kale shortage. Of course it is. As well as this. In Australia, um, when weather gets warm, there is a particular creature that will lounge in the sun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A snake. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a little creepy because you're walking through... Hey, uh, snakes are people too. No, well, mm. Yeah, they are. It's you know, kind of why Trust they came me. up with a different word for them. They're no, not. No, snakes but, are people too. And if you don't agree with that, well, it's probably because you're a global warming denier, but go ahead. Mm-hmm. When it gets hot, however, mm-hmm. the snakes seek cool places. Sure. A wall crevice, under a refrigerator, under a barbecue bill, uh, grill, or behind an air conditioning unit. When it gets super hot yeah. and super dry, they have to find places that are cool and moist. Hey, they like to mm-hmm. live by a pool, too. They want a pool. Well, a pool is, is one of the places they could go. However, there's another, another a place that's pool. a tad more concerning where right. they're going now mm-hmm. in Australia, which mm-hmm. is into toilets. Mm-hmm. A snake pool. People are pulling out two uh, meter-long pythons Mm -hmm. that had slithered into their doors and climbed into the shower. Mm -hmm. Um, Others have taken uh, snakes that have coiled up in toilet bowls. Mm -hmm. And this is just, you know, reason number 7,000 to never go to Australia. Hello. Coexist. I have the bumper sticker. Coexist with the snake in your toilet? With everything. Everything. Well, it's either you, you don't can't use share your toilet, toilet or you're very disrespectful you to the snake. One of the two. You can't share your toilet with your snake, with a snake that you took their property. Remember, the snakes were there long before you were there, Jack. The, the snake border didn't move. I moved the snake border. You're exactly right. Mm-hmm. And all they're looking for is a little pool, a little refreshment that you expect to have. So what's the, what's the correct answer there? We just let them stay in there and not use the bathroom anymore? Well, if you would you like somebody coming over? Imagine you're snake-sized. No. And there's this giant guy with huge thumbs. Is it a full-size toilet or a snake-sized toilet? And it's a, well, you're Mm snake-sized, and so it's a full-size toilet. And some guy comes in, and... I don't want to put this visual in my mind. 
he's crapping in your pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want people crapping in your pool? No, you I leave do the poor snakes alone. But I want to say there is one thing that was very true in, in this whole half hour, and that is, why do you live in Australia? Mm-mm. Why do you live in Australia? You're listening to Glenn Beck. It was all very true, by the way. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Important stuff. Sustainable beef next. Uh, let me tell you about uh, ProFlowers. Only two days or 1-800-Flowers.com. 1-800-Flowers.com. Only two days now left until Valentine's Day. If you haven't picked out the perfect uh, uh, thing yet, you're stupid. You're dumb as box of rocks. You're going to get hammered. Okay, you're going to wake up on Thursday and you're going to go, gee, I didn't do anything. I remember Glenn saying I should do something and then I didn't. And you're going to be hammered when you get home. You should be hammered when you get home so you can avoid the pain. (laughs) Get through it. Anyway, here's how here's what you can do right now. You get 18, uh, uh, 18 stem enchanted rose medley for twenty nine ninety nine or upgrade to twenty four assorted roses for ten dollars more. Do it now. 1-800-Flowers.com 1-800-Flowers.com Click on the radio icon Enter the promo code Beck and get this deal But it expires tonight Cow farts are a large part of the Green New Deal But are they as scary As AOC wants you to believe We tell that story next Do you live next to a dairy farm? Uh, this is the Glenn Beck program, uh, and as you know, as a longtime listener of this uh, program, world renowned for our our uh, our study uh, and uh, and uh, exposés uh, that we do on science, we've won the from the Academy of uh, American Scientists and Scientific Stuff uh, three years uh, running now. Have won the uh, show of the year, uh, two thousand one, two thousand seven, and again last year. Uh, and so now that we are looking at the Green New Deal, we want to get to the nuts and bolts uh, of it. And that is, of course, uh, what Ocasio-Cortez says they are not interested in, um, you know, eliminating all cattle and cattle ranches and, 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 and beef farms. Um, but we, we know that if you're going to address global warming, you have to take care of cow farts. But if you're, again, a long-time listener to this program, you know that the problem is not on the back end of the cow, but the front end of the cow. And we have Sarah Place. She's a senior director of sustainable beef production. Uh, she's a researcher and uh, uh, an, an, an expert in upcycling uh, in human nutrition. And uh, and just, I would assume, also you know knows something about cow farts. Welcome to the program, Sarah. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Glenn. Uh, good. Uh, so, so let's talk seriously here for a minute about the people who are seriously trying to get uh, cattle ranches and 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 cows uh, eliminated from our our diet entirely, and they do it in the name of global warming. Yeah, I think what you know we always try to emphasize to people is really cattle and people that are cattle raisers are part of the climate change solution, not a problem. So um, as you mentioned, cow farts off the top, that definitely is uh, fake news. Um, I can say before I was at National Cattlemen's, that was actually part of my research was measuring methane from cattle. So it does come out the front end of the animal, but it's overblown in terms of its contribution to climate change, particularly in the United States. Okay. Okay, so wait a minute. So uh, it, it is cow burps 
that is yep. is the actual where the methane comes from uh and you say it's overblown how yeah, so I think it's important to just zoom out and look at the big picture context. You know, the Environmental Protection Agency in the United States puts out a greenhouse gas emission inventory every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look at that, you know, methane from cows is about 1.8% of emissions in the entire United States. Well, so wait, it's not but, but, nothing, but it's not huge. But wait, I mean, the IPCC report, correct me if I'm wrong, Stu, because you know this stuff inside and out. Don't they say cattle it, it, that is the number one cause of of the problem for greenhouse gases yeah they, well the entire they say the entire meat industry uh right sarah this, this this is their claim that that this is one of the biggest drivers of global climate change yeah yeah i'm, gr- I'm glad you brought that up so there was a report that came out in like 2006 called livestock's long shadow from the un food and agriculture organization um, that looked at all livestock so you're right it would be all cattle sheep goats poultry everything um, and they claimed in that report that 18% of global emissions, so not U.S., but global emissions, came from livestock. Um, and that report also had a erroneous claim that that was a bigger portion than transportation. Um, the UNFAO has actually come out and said that was wrong, um, wow. but that doesn't prevent it from being repeated, you know, still 12 years, 13 years later. Um, like it's fact. What part of it do they say was wrong, that it was more than transportation, or that 18% was wrong? Um, so so kind of twofold. So the first thing the, the first thing that was truly wrong was the comparison to transportation. So essentially how they got that 18% number was they did what's called life cycle assessment. So it's a bit into the weeds, but essentially you add up everything that gets emitted over the entire life cycle of a process. So if we're going to talk about livestock, that would be everything that comes from feed production to feed the livestock all the way through to, you know, the slaughter of the animals. Um, and what was really key in that report was the biggest chunk of that 18%, a third of it, was what we call land use change. So specifically things like deforestation down in Brazil, um, which is, of course, again, another pressing issue, but we don't have a deforestation problem here in the United States. So that was really one of the key problems was they added in everything for livestock. And then when they compared it to transportation, they just looked at tailpipe, you know, or uh, emissions directly from vehicles, right? They didn't add in all the emissions that go into building vehicles, that go into maintaining all of our transportation infrastructure from roads to uh, to airports, et cetera, et cetera, right? So hopefully that makes sense. It was kind of an apples to oranges. Mm-hmm comparison we're talking to we're talking to dr uh, sarah place um and she is the senior director for sustainable beef production uh and a researcher and i am a rancher myself i have well this time of year i think i now have about a hundred head so it's not a lot um but uh it, it our animals are grazing on natural grass and um you know we're we're trying to do um you know, all right by the animal, right by the planet. Everybody I know who's a rancher or a farmer, they are more concerned about the environment than any environmentalist because their living is made on making sure that that soil and those animals are are taken care of and are protected. Um, Are you concerned at all about uh, this, this new uh, hybrid beef product that is coming out as as people are saying that that's going to be much better for you 
Uh, yeah. So are you talking about some of these so-called plant-based uh, products and the, the cell cultured stuff? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I think uh, a lot of things in this space are just, there's a lot of media hype relative to like what actually happens on the ground. So um, as you just pointed out, I mean, you're, you're the same as all the other ranchers across America and there's over 700,000 cattle producers in this in this country it's the single largest segment of american agriculture um so people the reality is is people are dedicated to doing the right thing as as you said um and in terms of those products you know again it is a lot of hype in terms of their sales um they're fairly small in the grand scheme of things um and of course the cell cultured products don't actually even exist yet you know, there's just a lot of media coverage about them coming out at some point, but they're still not commercially available. Um, I think our biggest challenge is just this real big chasm we have in terms of understanding between the, the normal consuming public that's disconnected from agriculture um, by a few generations mm-hmm. and some of this marketing that is surrounding some of these products because they're trying to use some of the misinformation that's out there to their advantage, especially with regard to environmental impacts of cattle production. I have to tell you, uh, Sarah, there is there is nothing more healthy for a family uh, than to go and spend a summer on a farm. And, and I mean this sincerely. Something happened to us when we moved away from the farm. You learn so many things. You learn about sex. You learn uh, about life and death. Uh, as my kids and I went out to uh, go capture a sheep that it was lost from the flock, and we had to go out and we spent about an hour chasing this darn thing um, because we're city slickers uh we you know we talked about scriptures you you learn everything about the circle of life and how to take care of the planet there is something to be said that as we lose these things in an agrarian culture as we have lost them it's it's one of the sources for losing our way on so many things because there is what you read about is not what life on the farm or life on a ranch is actually like. It's just not. Yeah, I think you're 100% right on that. I mean, in the last 100 years, we've gone to, you know, from a majority uh, population in rural areas and in agriculture to now it's, you know, less than 15% of the U.S. population is in rural areas. So that is just the reality. Um, and it's it's sometimes like you, you point out some of these basic things, you know, cycle of life that have been lost, um, that connection has been lost for people. Um, and that, you know, what you mentioned earlier, the upcycling, I mean, that's really our way to try to drive that home to people is what is upcycling? What is upcycling? Yeah, so, yeah, so everybody's heard of recycling, right? Essentially taking one, one thing and making something of equivalent value. Upcycling is taking something of little or no value to people and making a higher value product. And again, when we think about beef production, cattle production, that's exactly what's happening, right? I mean, cattle are eating plants that we can't eat, and they're using lands that we can't use for crops otherwise, uh, and they're making this super nutrient-rich food for us. Mm. And so again, it's just using a different word to kind of try to drive home to people the basics, that again, if you if you are on a ranch or you are connected with agriculture, um, some of this seems like a no-brainer, mm-hmm. but because people are removed a few generations, you know, we do have to kind of explain the basics again to mm-hmm. people. Uh, Sarah, it's great talking to you. Thank you so much. Uh, Dr. Sarah Place, uh, you can uh, find her and follow her at DRS 
Place, Dr. Sarah Place. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate uh, your time. The entire agricultural community is uncomfortable with you calling yourself a rancher. No, I, I apologize <clears throat> to all ranchers. Mm-hmm. I am. Thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. No, I'm a. Uh, I'm a guy who pretends to be a rancher. Right, you go on vacation ranching. I do. I go and <laughs> I up. do want to. I do want uh-huh. to go and. Sp- I would move there in a heartbeat. You're essentially city could. slickers. The movie. That's essentially what you are. You're you're a city guy. I wouldn't say that all the family is, but I certainly am. Yeah, and you I'm show like, up. You know what? We need some horses. Why do we need horses? Because we want to go. To- no, because they would look good right over there. <laughs> Wouldn't that be really? It would be so picturesque. Uh, all right. Anyway. I apologize to everyone in my 500-person uh, town uh, in Idaho for embarrassing you on so many levels. All right, uh, let me tell you a little bit about uh, LifeLock. LifeLock tax season is here. Scammers are back. Never give your tax documents uh, to a preparer unless you've verified their credibility. File as early as possible. Safeguard your IRS identity protection PIN. Watch out for phishing, you know, emails, you know, purporting to be from the IRS. This is the time that people get scammed like crazy. Somebody's identity is stolen every two seconds, and that's why there is LifeLock. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number or your information, your tax ID on sale on the dark web. If they detect that your information is being used, they're going to send you alert, and then if it is being used, they're going to help clean it up. That's what they do. It's worth every penny you could pay for this. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you need LifeLock. LifeLock.com. Get 10% off your first year by using promo code BECK at 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or head to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK. Save 10%. 1-800-LIFELOCK, promo code BECK, or LifeLock.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. <sighs> Have you seen the latest deep fake? People are saying this one is terrifying. I don't think so, and I don't think it is what they think it is. Uh, if you have seen the latest deep fake, I tweeted it out uh, earlier this morning. You find it at glenbeck.com. But the latest deep fake is of, of Donald Trump and Mr. Bean, Rowan Atkinson from, uh, uh, or Rowan Atkins, is that, is that his name? Atkins, uh, from uh, Mr. Bean, uh, the comedian from England. And if you look at it, can we play a little bit of that here if you happen to be watching? I beat China all uh, the time. When was the last time. You saw a Chevrolet in Tokyo. When do we beat Mexico so it is Mr. at Bean's the border? Face. They're laughing at us. They're bringing <laughs> drugs. On Donald Trump. But, and his crazy They're eyes. Rapists. And his crazy eyes. The but I have lie. to tell you that this is Obamacare. this is not the deep fake. This is a deeper fake than anyone thinks this deep fake is. It costs hmm. me $3. Because the deep, the, the deep fake Are is, oh, running? that's Mr. Bean. No. Mr. Bean is also a deep fake. So this is a two-level deep fake. This is Mr. Bean is a deep fake of Ocasio-Cortez. That's why the eyes look like that. It, they are Ocasio-Cortez's eyes, aren't they? They are. Mr. Bean and Ocasio-Cortez have the same eyes. Yeah. You, you put one face on, you get the same eyes. Doesn't matter. I'd like to see that done with Ocasio-Cortez because I think they're pretty much the same. 
And Cory Booker has a similar eye thing going on, too. Have you noticed him when he tries to make these points, he gets really excited and his eyes like really flare out super wide? Mm-hmm. That's it. Why? Why is that? What? What's going on? Maybe life surprises them all the time. They're it does. Like, oh my gosh! I just had an idea. We should get rid of all the planes. Yeah, it could you be. Know? Yeah, because I, I think I think Booker <gasps> is so fake that he's constantly trying to over emote. He's trying to. He's an overactor. That's the I am Spartacus sy- no. you know, syndrome. Where I was genuine. Oh yeah, he's he's one of those guys that tries to convince you he's sincere by acting more and more outlandish. Mm-hmm. Ocasio Cortez is just genuinely surprised by life. There's, oh, she there's is. three branches of government. Oh my gosh, and right. her eyes bright up. W- exactly right. Up really bright. It's exactly right. That's like kind we of- had we had more uh, more. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, beers where I was working than three, you know, we, we had Bud, we had Bud Light, we had Amstel, uh, and, and and then we had these, you know, these microbrewery beers and the government only has three branches. That's crazy. <laughs> that's the way that's 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 why her eyes look that way. When she gets excited or angry, her eyes like really just do that really wide thing. Um, and I, I don't know. It's been such a weird thing with this Green New Deal and that we saw the draft that came out, which mm-hmm. the draft was 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 posted mistakenly, Glenn. They just they didn't mean that that was just an early no, draft. They, First of all, if that's your early draft, you suck. Right. Like it's a it's a terrible document and it should not be like if you handed it to an intern who had never heard of the project and that's what they came up with. Maybe that would be an excuse. The fact that your chief of staff wrote this as as his notes is pretty bizarre, even if it is just a draft. But it, but it wasn't, wasn't just a draft. a draft. Obviously, they sent it to NPR. The you chief know, of staff yeah. sent it to NPR. And so did, and they posted it on their website. Mm-hmm. And only after a day or two of mocking do they actually pull it down. And why wouldn't they just then repost the correct draft? Where is that? Why haven't we seen the actual correct draft if this was the wrong draft? Right Where's now. the final draft? Right now, Ocasio-Cortez is like, Oh my gosh! And her eyes are. We we forgot. We should po- why we should oh, post yeah. the original draft. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. Yeah. That's why her eyes are open <laughs> like that. She's like, wow! I didn't think of that. But, well, you know what? Stop working on banning all air travel for just a second, and let's post the new one. That's actually the old one. <laughs> oh my gosh! This is so simple. Why did why didn't I think of that? <laughs> You're listening to Glenn Beck.